Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Welcome to Moyer's Environmental Dialogues, Ocean River Shields of Achilles, with your host, Dr. Rob Moyer. Find out what others are doing and what you can do to create a greener and blue planet Earth. Now, here's Dr. Rob Moyer. Welcome. Today, we're talking about saving the ocean with the host of the Mario Jr. Alive and Green show, Mario Ridgely, Jr. Hello, Mario. Hi, uh, Dr. Rob Moore. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm so um, glad that we're on the show. Well, I happen to actually be at my cousin's house in Stewart, Florida, so it's great to be in the same state with you. Uh, let me tell the people a bit about um, you. Uh, Mario Ridgely, Jr. lives in Palm Coast, Florida, and is a 13-year-old A.B. Honor Community and Environmental Activist known as Eco Jr. Mario is host of the Mario Jr. Alive and Green Show on Voice America Kids Channel. And I had the honor and pleasure of being on Mario Jr.'s Alive and Green Show in December. We had a good time then, didn't we? Definitely. I'm still having chills about that time. Um, we had so much uh, fun le- uh, learning about the uh, Indian River Lagoon. Yes. We'll talk some more about that in this program, about what's happening to save uh, the dolphins that are suffering from too much nitrogen in the water and so forth on Indian River Lagoon. But let's, let's talk some more with Mario about um, you're in sixth grade, and, uh, or when you were in sixth grade, um, things kind of changed for you, and you ended up at the science fair. Tell us about that. Well, yes, I um, am. I'm in seventh grade now. Um, in, in eighth, actually, in eighth grade. I'm sorry. Um, and I'm in the uh, connect, online connection academy. And uh, right now, and at this moment, I'm learning French. And oh, great! It, <laughs> yeah, definitely. And uh, but now we're. I'm definitely with the project, uh, my science fair project. That's where it all started. And um, in sixth grade, and it was a time of where I. I, I really wasn't into green yet. I wasn't. I didn't know nothing. I was just going to a new school, um, and it was just. A, it was just a science project. You know, you're just doing homework, or you know, you know, just doing anything that you need to do. And at that time, uh, my parents were uh, doing this their business called World Green Consultants. And so, at that time, they had all these different green things coming into the house. They had uh, green cups, plates, cups, and uh, utensils like forks and uh, spoons and uh, all these kind of different things, and it was compostable. And it was, and the reason why it was made from corn syrup and vegetable starch that was already compounded into its natural state. So when you are actually, you know, eating your food, you can actually eat your plate. And actually, <laughs> that's what I did. I actually ate my plate. Actual, just a little bit, actually. I, I probably ate, like... Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean? Now, a green plate doesn't mean it's just green colored. You're saying mm-hmm. it's, it's green because it can be recycled. <laughs> and so it's made of non-toxic stuff, right? 
Exactly. It's made from corn uh, and starch, vegetable starch, and you can. It's uh, made from compounds, so you can actually eat it. It's not bad for you. It's actually pretty good for you if you want to say because it's vegetable starch, corn starch, and broccoli, um, all of these different things. And um, I actually, actually did that and for my science fair project. I was thinking about what I could do for my science fair project, and I. Uh, since we have all these cups and all these utensils, using them all day, um, I said, well, how about we do a project about um, uh, the about my uh, which one would biodegrade faster, the uh, cornstarch, vegetable starch, um, uh, cups and utensils and things like that, or plastics versus plastic. And um, at that well, time... Well, wait, we want to know which one you ate. I oh, thought you were going to sit down and eat them all. <laughs> actually, I ate the plate. I was um, eating, and um, I was I was actually my dad. Um, so what what's all about the it like broccoli things like that, huh? Did it taste like broccoli? The the plate actually, you took a bite out of taste to it. It it just it was just like eating. I don't know. I can really can't put a word on it. Our taste. It didn't taste like yeah. and vegetables. Or actually, it was just like a. It just not, it didn't really have a flavor to it. That's that's why it's not very like something you just eat out. Like oh I'm hungry, I'm just gonna eat a, a plate, my corn or starch vegetable starch plate. It doesn't have a taste to it, so I just want to try it out just 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 for the fun of it. And that's you, right, you oh. experienced it. So exactly. the point of the experiment. Tell us again the point of the experiment of your science fair. In my science fair, the title was biodegradable versus plastics, and uh-huh. um, I. Put, and I placed in school my regional and state finals. And at that time, um, I was, you know, using my hypothesis and variables and materials. And at that time, you, in the, in the, uh, in the state finals, and what you do is you talk about your project. You talk about what you did and what uh, your variables and what you did every day and uh, what, what the grass looked like. And the thing is, the really bad thing about the plastics um, we had put grass over it, and the grass started dying where the uh, where the uh, grass is, where the plastics and things were, and we still and we still couldn't get that patch of uh, grass uh, back to its normal state yet. Um, but uh, what the fun thing about it is, uh, with the biodegradable uh, utensils and uh, plates and things like that, the grass was just normal; it didn't have any difference to it. So I was like, wow, so I think I know who the winner was. <laughs> yes. Definitely. And the winner was? And the winner was the biodegradable uh, utensils um, uh, by a long shot. Um, and the plastic, it didn't even die, it didn't biodegrade down, didn't compost down. And when uh, after the uh, two months, three months of looking at it, um, the plates were pretty much gone. They didn't, it was just the paper was just a little, it was like a little, like a little ball, and it was like very small. It was it was just kind of like if I ripped up paper and just put it in there. That's that's how it looks. So I think if I gave it probably a five month period, it, it would definitely be gone. And I would be like, wait, did I even put it put it in there? Did I even you know where where did exactly did I put it? Because I would be like, where is it? So I think if I gave it a five month period, I think it would be definitely gone. And the grass is very happy. <laughs> Definitely, it is very happy. Um, we have that passion. If you look in our back, we it is gone. I mean, um, the the patch yeah. of grass where the plastic is, it still hasn't grown back. All from all that time, it's been what three years now. So <laughs> all that time, it still hasn't grown back. Bill McDonough is an author who's written a book called Cradle to Cradle, 
and he describes designing uh, paper plates for the commuters on the train, I think, in India or China. And in the compostable paper are rice seeds. So after you finish your meal, you can throw your plate out the window of the train, and you'll help plant rice. Wow, that's interesting. Very. I'll definitely have to order some of those um, uh, plates and things. (laughs) I'm not too keen about having people throw things out the window. I I think that needs a little work on it. (laughs) Definitely. And um, with that, I've been uh, uh, studying all this time, and from that time, uh, that time of, you know, being of the science fair project, um, after that, I went to the uh, regional and then state. I placed those uh, first, the first and first and then third for the state, and that was a really fun experience for me. So um, I wanted to go further because the green, it was just like, it was just so fun, and it, and it was just like you were helping the earth, and it was like, there was a patch of green grass, and there's a patch of, you know, burnt, you know, kind of like um, crispy grass, you know, dry grass, and um, it was really fun. It was a great project, I, I want, and I wanted to learn more. I really wanted to learn more yes. and get more into it. So that's where it really got into my green journey. And, and so, so then I, you started teaming up with Waste Pro of Florida and World Green Consultants? That, definitely. Uh, that time, it was a little, uh, a little bit further. That's when I started doing my president, and I was uh, running for president in my SGA association in a matching school at Town Center. And that's when I wanted to, uh, you know, how they say you have to, you have to do something. You, you have to want to do something to be president. You can't just be president just for the fun of it or just saying, oh, yeah, I'm president. I don't really have to do anything. It's just, it's just a name or you don't have to do anything. It's just, it's just fun to be a president. You know, you don't have to really do anything. So my teacher was like, no, we, we want you to change something or either, either if you didn't do that, at least try and yes. have a goal to want to do something for the school. And my goal was to have a recycle program. Kids were coming up to me and saying um, how they recycle at home and uh, how they have the, all these things and things like that at home that they recycle with the you know plastic bottles and things like that. So after that, I was like, well, we don't have a recycle uh, you know program in our school. So I wanted to have that in our school to change it, make a difference. And from there, my parents, I told my parents, and they were so proud of me and just laughing and saying, wow, this kid here really wants to make a difference in his school. So we uh, contact my mom and my dad were contacting um, Waste Pro and all these different companies, and Waste Pro was the one to do it because we, we work with Waste Pro for our uh, family. We use and we recycle. So that was the perfect deal. So we went there. I went to their plant, saw what they do, and went met Nancy, uh, Nancy, Miss Finley, and saw what they were doing every day and how they recycle and how they make these big, huge cubes of plastics, glass, and cans, Coca-Cola cans, and Pepsi cans, and Mountain Dew bottles, and all these different things. And it was amazing. I mean, and these cubes are, they're not just little cubes like it, that you play for your PlayStation or something like that. There are, they're huge. They're like big. They're six feet tall and 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 twelve long. I mean, they are so big, and they ship those big cubes off to different companies. So they're shipping cubes that are full of uh, recycled materials. So um, we're going to take a, a quick break, and we'll be back with Mario Jr. to talk more. 
Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Connecting local stewardship with global support, the Ocean River Institute is a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping people and groups make a difference where they live and work. We believe that many environmental issues can best be addressed by people taking action in their own communities and regions. It's not the large national entities, but the small, localized, or newly formed groups that often need help to achieve their goals. That's where the Ocean River Institute comes in. We maintain a network of eco-stewards and ORI partners, connecting them with resources and services to help them maximize their impact, expand their capacity, and weather unexpected setbacks. ORI actions and events offer opportunities to make a difference, to go the distance, and you can volunteer to be an ORI eco-steward. To discover more, visit us online at www.oceanriver.org. That's www.oceanriver.org. The Ocean River Institute is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to helping people and groups make a difference where they live and work through environmental stewardship and science. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support. This is the Voice America Green Living Channel. Spread the green. You're listening to Moyer's Environmental Dialogues. To participate in today's discussion, you're welcome to call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send an email to rob at oceanriver.org. Now, back to Dr. Rob Moyer. Hi, I'm talking with Mario Jr. of the Mario Jr. Alive and Green show, which is on Voice America. So you can hear me talk to him on an earlier program of his, as his guest. And before our impromptu break there, uh, Mario, you were telling us about your, you had a, you know, you told us how you had a science fair project about recycling papers and plates and stuff. And then you went on to organize this school to do recycling, and there are a lot of schools. I'm in Florida now, and there are a lot of schools. Uh, one that my nephew's, uh, my cousin's son goes to is uh, they don't have recycling yet. So this is this is huge that you are figuring out how to do recycling for the school, and you were describing to us what happens at the recycling center. Definitely. Um, these I was talking about these huge cubes, guys. Um, they're, they're like six feet tall, and they're with of their communicate of their uh, width is about 12 feet. I mean, uh, 12 long. So I mean, they are huge. I mean, when I stood up to them, they was about a two feet different from from me and the cube. So it was it was humongous. And there and there's just so many stuff in there. There's like cans and bottles and glass and uh, Coca-Cola cans and all these different things. And you would think that. 
they would fall off, but they're like just like these little wires that they connect them to hold them together in these cubes. And um, I actually saw how they came out. It's like this big machine, and like you you see all you see the guys putting the uh, cans and uh, uh, cups and things in there, and they come out, and it's like this big giant thing, and it's like you see it come out like douche, and it's like they're coming out like you know probably not. Like at one time, like do do douche, but they're kind of like douche, and then they come out douche. So I mean, it's humongous, and it's so fascinating to say, "Wow!" So these, so and then they after that, after you have, after you see the cubes, they and they ship them off to these other companies to other uh, sites, so they can compact uh, compact those and make those into a more finer to make it, and then they ship those off to make it even finer, and then that's how you get your recycled paper and your cycle, recycled bottles and things like that. So it's kind of like a food chain or like a chain uh, mm. to, make, to make it all together. Mm-hmm. You said like a food chain because it starts off as a big mixture of things. Exactly. I mean, it's very fascinating. I, I, I would not mind to go there again and meet uh, Miss uh, Nancy Finley and Tom Wiley um, to help me uh, and those guys were like the foundation of where I got my green started because at that time I was, you know, with the science fair, I was still talking about that. And then with the press, I was talking about my presidency. So after that, I was like, this is so much going on. And I was meeting so many different people. I was meeting, just to name a few, of uh, so many. Uh, I was just, uh, yesterday I was talking about the, um, with the Palm Coast Boy Scout and connected with them for the at the public library and with uh my teacher Miss Gordon at the Imagine School at Town Center and Wasteful for the and Miss Tomko and the Eco Booster. So at that time I was just going around everywhere and meeting new people about green, learning about it and getting more fascinated and wanting to learn more and now I I'm here with you. So that it just makes Mar- a full circle. Yeah. Mario did uh the school start to recycle with your leadership? Huh? Did the schools start recycling? Definitely. They started recycling, and with that program, I made a program because after we started, after we had the deal made with Race Pro to start recycling, I wanted something to make it more fun for the kids because that's who I wanted to, you know, go right. with the kids. So I made a, I was with my friends and saying, well, what can I do to make it more fun for the kids? And we came up with this great idea to have, like, a fun competition of who gets the most recycled uh, cans or uh, recycled boxes, and at the end of the month, they have a uh, yearly pizza party. Oh, that's great. Everyone gets pizza, not just the big recyclers. And it was the first of its kind, and that that was so fun. And we had so much fun with that, and... That's what that's what make kids want to have it, and that make kids really want to have fun, and that and that's that activity to make them like, ooh, well, we can have a pizza party if we recycle all this stuff, and making them and actually kids were bringing recycled things from their house to the school in their in like little uh, bags from Walmart and things like that. They would bring cans and soda bottles and things like that to the school just to put it in their classroom recycle box so they can. Well, that's have a great. Pizza party. <laughs> so it was and so much fun. You could mix it together, so they didn't have to sort it out. They could bring whatever <laughs> they wanted that was recycled, uh, was recyclable, and okay. uh, and then what kind of trash did the school have that needed recycling? The kind of trash they have the uh, 
uh, in the uh, different kind of uh, vending machines. They have the the Coca-Cola, and they have all these, you know, soda bottles, and they have the plastic water bottles from uh, PE, so they bring those. And then they have the different kind of um, milk cartons, which you have to be careful with those because they have the different kind of materials that make them form, so they have to have, like, a different recycled box to them. So that's the kind. That's just a little bit kind of things that they use in the cart with the cardboard. So, and that's yes, the cardboard too. That's wonderful. I know a school that um, down the road in the town they put a Dunkin' Donuts up, and all of a sudden all this paper trash appeared in the parking lot at the school because people were you know imbibing in the coffee and donuts close to school, and if they had your program, they'd be out there picking up the bringing it in and recycling it. That's just fabulous that you've got the whole community into, you know, understanding the importance of recycling and taking the extra steps to bring things to be recycled. That's great. Definitely. I'm so, and my parents are so proud of me, and I'm proud of them for helping me because I couldn't be here without them. I, I always say this, but my parents and my teachers and uh, people like you guys are always supporting me, and that's what makes me want to do better and learn more. Because I don't know everything about green. That's what I love because I want to always be learning more about green. And one day I will be the green guru uh, for learning everything about green. Well, you are the green guru. You're the Mario (laughs) Jr. Alive and Green program on Voice America. (laughs) Where can people learn more about your work or contact you? Uh, They can contact me at uh, on my website, www.teamecojr.com, and there you can find a link to my Facebook, Twitter, and blog. So link in and connect with Mario Jr. Uh, so that was pretty good sixth grade you did there. Um, tell us about seventh grade now, or your eighth grade, or well, what's I'm happened just... since the recycling program. Uh, you mentioned a little bit. Tell us more about you're now traveling around doing speaking, and uh, you were invited to the Boy Scouts. Definitely. Just recently, yesterday, I was with the Boy Scouts, and there I was talking about my experiences and how to recycle and how these guys, because since they're in the Boy Scouts, they're using a different kind of program to where they want to recycle and be green with their clothes. They can use uh, green, healthy cookies and things like that for them to use and um, how they always are at the camps and things like that. So they were so pumped about how I was doing things around the community, and they wanted to help me with that program. So they were, at the end of the day, they were all pumped to just go out and teach their people and friends and family how to recycle and how to be green, be healthy, and stay uh, firm into the ground and just love the earth. I I don't know. Green cookies doesn't sound very appetizing. Is it all broccoli or something? (laughs) Well, what they do, they they would just use uh, more healthy cookies or more uh, things for the uh, physical because it's not just about helping the earth if, if, you, if you're not physically fit or healthy because you want to save yourself before you try to help anything else. So that's what they Yes, absolutely. Do. But I'm teasing you. Do you think the cookies taste good or... Uh... <laughs> well, they taste pretty good to say. I like I like cookies, and I think that I would use those. They're kind of, they're kind of like uh, bars. They're kind of like healthy little bars. Like, uh, oh, yeah, I like, like granola cookies. bars and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, granola bars and things like that. So, <laughs> I like oatmeal cookies. I like high-fiber cookies, I guess. <laughs> Definitely. Well, I guess I could like, like that. It just sounds green cookies. It sounds like St. Patrick's <laughs> Day or something. 
Well, um, definitely, yeah. I would not want grass in my cookies at all. Or oh, thank you. <laughs> exactly. And with that, um, with that, I uh, met earlier in my years and uh, learning. I was uh, with Miss Tomkov, the Eco Booster at Flagler Palm Coast High School, where my sister was at, um, and I was, and they were doing. And my sister told me about this uh, thing that the club. Their club is called the Eco Boosters, and what they do, they have uh, their garden that they have. They go, they go around their community and help. They have, they do green things around their school. They have uh, green uh, food vendors. They were able to have more of a healthy menu in their school, and and solar powered uh, panels for their school, and where for they don't have to use as much electricity as they use. So that was great, and I learned all that. And my time where at that time I was not very, um, I, I didn't knowledgeable about green. So after that, I didn't even know about solar panels. I didn't know about that. So when they were talking about that, I was so amazed what these kids were doing. And I was like, well, I'm going to be with, just with these guys. And I have the, actually, I have this shirt on right now, <laughs> the Eco Booster Club. They gave me a shirt and where they are and, um, I keep in touch with them very often because uh, these guys uh, change, you know, every year. So uh, they were the eco boosters, and uh, this year they have the eco uh, uh, stewards, and they have all these different clubs and things. And they have like a, like a little book where they have all their students that came there, and they have all their accomplishments that they did. And I was like, wow, these kids really did make a difference. That is fabulous. Do you know? How people can learn more about the Eco Boosters? They can go and log on to the Flagler.com uh, at Palm Coast, uh, Palm Coast Flagler.com, and they can learn and they can go to their clubs and click, uh, uh, go to the link at their clubs, and then you can see the uh, green team as what their club is called, and you can go there and see all their new accomplishments with their new things that they're doing. Because young people all across the country are stepping up to this challenge of how can we help to heal the earth and, and how can we, what can we do to make a difference. So it's fabulous to have sites like Green Boosters that you can go to for ideas to see what others are doing and what others have tried and what, what is working in one community. And that might work in your community. Or, you, you, you know, you know this, how you have to kind of adapt it for your own situations. Exactly, and that's, I mean, that's the main point of being green. You want to help, and you want to uh, go into your community and let them know, get the word out uh, to say that we are knowledgeable and we want to learn more about what our earth is doing, and, uh, we, and we know about the problem, and we want to tell the people what the problem is and how we can fix that problem. We always want answers to the problem. We don't just want to have a... Uh, problem, we, we don't know the answer to it. So we know the answer to it. We have to work hard, get the word out, be green as much as you can, be safe, and have fun with the activities that you do with the Indian River Lagoon is a perfect example. So you guys are doing great. Well, thank you for that compliment. Uh, but you, you know, you're really walk, talking the walk or walking the talk in that <laughs> first you're active in your community and then you're active in the school and now, here you are on the radio with your own radio show. How did that come about? Right. Uh, well, Dr. Rob, my mission is to help kids go green. And I figured the best way to do that was with a radio show. And in, in 2009, I was blessed to team up with the awesome Mr. Perry Damone, and 
who in 1994 founded the Kidstar.org uh, radio network, and I became the president of his fabulous company with the children's educational charity. In that moment, I was so happy. Um, this this man really did change my life and is really giving me knowledge how to talk to people because I did know about the business and know about how to do green, but I had to learn how to talk to people, have my grammar uh, together, and how to uh, get that information out into a fun way. So, and had and how to be a broadcaster, how to be a great broadcaster, and that's how he taught me how to do. So he is very. He's always talking to me and. We're talking in all the latest news that's come out in Arizona, and we're just having so much fun. And in 2010, Mr. Perry uh, met the incredible Mr. Jess Bernard, who is with the uh, Royal Talk Radio Voice America Kids channel. So in that time, I didn't know about Voice America. I was still with Kids Star. So uh, when I met you guys, you guys, um, you guys really did give me the fun fact of having a radio show, and that's how we got really started. We and we haven't uh, stopped since. Well, I, everyone's got to go, you know, see this program. It's really cool. The Mario Jr. Alive and Green Show. I bet it's on um, iTunes, so if you go to the iTunes podcast store, you just start typing in Mario Jr. Alive, it should lead you to the programs. Of course, you want to listen to the December one. That's when I'm talking to uh, Mario, one of the December ones here. You're right. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And with that, I mean, Kidstar um, and uh, the par- the partnership with Voice America and Kidstar is strong, and we are doing so much great stuff with all these different kids. And every day on Facebook, um, I'll look on the Voice America kids, and they'll, they're, they're having so many different kids coming up with different shows every day, and it's like this is awesome. We ha- I, I remember when we just had like about 10 shows, and now there's about 15 shows coming out now. And I'm always uh, refing my guys up and um, telling, asking people to log on to their show and listen to them because this is a great cause, and I want everybody to know um, about about the word. You are certainly saying it clearly and loudly, a clarion call to listen up and learn what you can do to help save the earth and for greener and uh, healthier uh, environments. Uh, When we spoke on the radio, um, it was such a good time that I had hoped that we could meet when I was down here in Florida. Once a year, in like the third week of January, right about now, I uh, come down here. And a year ago, um, yeah, and so I invited, uh, was hoping that Molly could come by to our annual dinner that we have for the Ocean River Institute and Sunshine Wildlife Tours in Stewart. And unfortunately, uh, the Boy Scouts called you away, so that was right. more appropriate uh, call for you. But uh, it's a bummer I didn't get to meet you uh, in person, although I feel like we've talked enough so that we're pretty good on this. <laughs> well, we definitely will meet up one day. I'm uh, pretty sure we're, I'm going to meet up with all these guys because I'm in Florida, and I don't, I haven't met none of you guys. I'm, I haven't met Mr. Perry DeMoe, Mr. Justin Bernard, none of the uh, kids there, but we we always talk together and we always are uh, giving the word out and we feel like we have met each other. We're just long-distance friends, that's all. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, I have a son. I have three sons, and the youngest one uh, went to the University of Miami, so that would bring me down to this area. And then I have a cousin who lives in Stewart. And, of course, my son doesn't want me getting in the way when he's at college, so I'd go hang out <laughs> with my cousin in Stewart. And uh, Nancy Beaver has this fabulous uh, Sunshine Wildlife Tour and Education Program 
that takes people out in boat on her boat out onto the Indian River Lagoon to see the wildlife. And she wanted to do education programs, and she needed help um, for holding contributions to help fund that program. And so the Ocean River Institute is sort of like a fiscal sponsor. So if you want to help Nancy's program, uh, you know, you can make a tax-deductible gift to the Ocean River Institute, and then we transfer those monies directly to Captain Beaver to use for, you know, acquisition of fuel and materials and those kinds of things it takes to, to teach kind of stuff. Definitely. That's awesome. And with the you guys are doing great with the Indian River Lagoon uh, with the meeting and uh, teaching people about it. And with the uh, WPBF, uh, I watched a video, and you guys are awesome and giving the word out because um, this is a very uh, worthy cause to say that we want these beaches to be clean, this lagoon to be clean for the dolphins. And uh, it's because it, uh, uh, Florida is very popular with our beaches. Everybody goes there, and that's where it's all at. People want to go to the beach and chill out at the beach and have fun <laughs> at the beach and things like that. So you want these beaches to be clean because after that, that's, that's, the tour, that's the tourism. And um, people are always... Yeah, locals and tourists, we all like going to the beach. And we don't want the water to be slimy when we're there. Exactly. And we found that the uh, last year at this meeting, Stephen McCulloch is the state expert on rescuing dolphins around the state, and he told us that every year in the summertime, more than 40 dolphins die for like three years in a row uh, here in Indian River Lagoon. And I think the big problem is nitrogen coming into the water and um, causing algae to bloom, and the blooming algae eats up the oxygen, and it just makes living really difficult. And these poor dolphins get the skin-eating fungal infection all over their bodies, like athlete's foot, uh, which wow. has got to be related to all this nutrient loading and stuff, and, and some of them are dying. So the, after our meeting the next day, uh, Captain Beaver and I went to meet the Marty County, Martin County Commissioners, uh, in particular, Patrick Hayes. And Mr. Hayes uh, knew all about the problem because he's a boat operator who gets out on the water and had seen the sliminess of the waters and stuff. Uh, and so he was most interested in our request that an ordinance be passed that tells people to, when they fertilize, use at least 50% slow-release nitrogen, and which will stay more on your lawn, and don't fertilize when it's the summer rainy period because it gets washed into the ocean or waterways and causes it to bloom an algae out there, and it doesn't help your yard. So um, the commissioner said, this is fabulous, and, I mean, this is what he's looking for, for a solution, that um, Mrs. Johnson on Jupiter Point had spoken to him about how She's finding the beach experience, as you were saying, Mario, is kind of getting slimy and it's not so good. And the commissioner asked if this would help. Would, you know, restricting the fertilizer use on our lawns help? And I said, absolutely, because the lawns were getting five times as much fertilizer as they needed. People wow. don't know how much fertilizer to put down, so they go to the big stores and they buy the biggest bag, so they're sure to do it right when they get around to doing it. <laughs> and as a result, there's just too much nitrogen washing in. So the commissioner said to me, oh, this is great. Uh, let's, um, uh, he'll try to get this through by Earth Day in April. Right. And he started up work on this ordinance, 
And the state, in March, started passing a bill saying that counties could not regulate the use of fertilizers. Wow. And this was essentially taking away what Martin County was trying to do to save Indian River Lagoon. Uh, so the Ocean River Institute, and our website is oceanriver.org, um, had uh, e-alerts out, and 21, we, go, we reach out to 21,000 people from across the country uh, in 50 states and U.S. territories, and an awful lot of Canadians as well responded to uh, write in their, many of their own words why they care about Indian River Lagoon. And also we had them uh, tell anybody they know from Florida to talk to the House representatives that were putting this bill through that was going to strip the counties of the ability to do their own stewardship. And uh, I asked at the Ocean River Institute was a wealthy college intern from the west coast of Florida, so she went back at spring break, and she got a meeting with her legislator who said, why are people all caring about a fertilizer ordinance? This is just <laughs> fertilizer. What's the big deal? Right. And she said, well, it's hurting the dolphins. I really believe it's hurting the dolphins, and it's making the beaches slimy, and we've got to get it together and take care of, uh, practice better stewardship, and this law won't let us do that. And so they amended the law to say that uh, counties could regulate the use of fertilizers. Counties could not regulate the sale of fertilizers. And that's an important distinction. We don't mind hardware stores selling the stuff. We just don't want people applying it when it's rainy and getting washed into the ocean. It's a waste of your time. And the punishment is if you choose to, um, during the ban, take the effort and the time and the money to fertilize your lawn, when you sit back and see your neighbor's lawn is just as green without doing the trouble, to me that's punishment enough, and I think over time everybody will be on board with doing the right practices. And in the meantime, the sale of fertilizer hasn't gone down, just the more appropriate spread of it. So um, we're going to take a, a quick break, and we'll be back with Mario Jr. to talk more now about how we're saving the ocean uh, starting around Indian River Lagoon and the Atlantic Ocean. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Connecting local stewardship with global support, the Ocean River Institute is a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping people and groups make a difference where they live and work. We believe that many environmental issues can best be addressed by people taking action in their own communities and regions. It's not the large national entities, but the small, localized, or newly formed groups that often need help to achieve their goals. That's where the Ocean River Institute comes in. We maintain a network of eco-stewards and ORI partners, connecting them with resources and services to help them maximize their impact, expand their capacity, and weather unexpected setbacks. ORI actions and events offer opportunities to make a difference, to go the distance, and you can volunteer to be an ORI eco-steward. To discover more, visit us online at www.oceanriver.org. That's www.oceanriver.org. The Ocean River Institute is a 501c3 nonprofit organization 
dedicated to helping people and groups make a difference where they live and work through environmental stewardship and science. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. This is the Voice America Green Living Channel. Spread the green. You're listening to Moyer's Environmental Dialogues. To participate in today's discussion, you're welcome to call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send an email to rob at oceanriver.org. Now, back to Dr. Rob Moyer. Hi, I'm talking with Mario Jr., and we were talking about how in Martin County and Indian River Lagoon, the, by unanimous vote, the commissioners put through the toughest lawn fertilizer ordinance in Florida. And it seems to be working very well to the point that the state is thinking about, you know, pushing back a bit. But before we go into the current problems, um, I'd, I'd like to take a moment to talk with Mario about, um, oh, Mario, you, you're in this lovely ocean state of Florida. Do you get down to the ocean much? Yes. Um, actually, Rob, I've never been to the actually uh, the Indian River Lagoon, but my times in the beach um, are very most often. We for fun, we just we just go to the beach for fun. We just go there and have fun at the ocean walk at the Flagler County beaches, um, and we are always there, always smelling that fresh ocean. Mm. and that smell it's just awesome it's that's just where we are i'm definitely a florida boy uh, my parents are actually they were born in new orleans but i i was born in uh, florida so i'm the floridian in the family uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they're and they're always saying oh he's just from florida he doesn't know anything about new orleans but <laughs> anyway but we always talk about the beaches and we're going there for fun we always get our uh pails and we're just out there having fun we walk the line and uh, sea fish and the birds and all the boats and things like that. We have so much fun over there, and we want to keep those uh, places clean because over the years I have seen it get dirty with, uh, with you know, from dissolution from uh, people being there. And so um, at that time I was staying with my friends, and we're always there with my friends and things, and my, and my friend Josh uh, gave the perfect idea to have a beach, a kid beach uh, patrol kind of cleanup to help, the beach, uh, you know, go along, and I was like, that's a perfect idea, um, and I'm always saying, uh, my friends help me out, my friends are always helping me out, um, it's always a team effort, how we always get everything together, I'm always, I'm always asking people, what can I do, what can I change, what can I fix, and uh, make better, and so at that time, uh, we were saying, um, with the beach, the kid beach patrol, I'm sorry, um, and uh, how we can fix that, and at that time, I was like, that's a perfect idea. And yes. So we can clean up the beach, and after you're done with that, you can have fun at the beach because you're there. So you can just have fun. You can get a soda and 
pop it open and uh, just sit back and enjoy the beach, the waves and that sun yeah. out. Just go into the beach and just play football and pass the ball around and um, and 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 the dogs love it and things like that. You're just having it's a it's a great feeling. It's a great time to be and you want those things to be uh, clean for your places just for tourism and um, for just having fun at the beach because I, I don't want to be at the beach if it's going to be nasty and polluted and I can't no. there and things so you want those, those waters to be clean you don't want those to be dirty and things like that and polluted with all these things because you got to think of all the fish and things like that and uh, the birds are always trying to get the fish right there and things like that. So you want those to be clean. You want that to be a fun place to be. So you That's right. And like keeping it clean is a real challenge. I'm on the That's Boston right. Harbor Island Partnership Advisory Council, or Boston Harbor Island National Park Advisory Council. And, um, you know, these ha- harbor islands, you know, are wonderful. They have, some of them have beaches. And so people take the boat out to the island and then they recreate on the beach, and we don't want them to leave trash, so we ask them to take, we tried putting trash receptacles, if we put trash receptacles on the island, then the vermin start getting into the trash receptacles, so then we ask people to carry their trash off the island, but that's hard for them, so then they end up, sometimes they leave it in a bag by the ferry boat, because that's an easier way to leave it. So it's a real challenge how to figure out ways to make it easy for people not to pollute, and you know, it's, right. it's, I'm, I'm happy to talk with you today because you've been helping the whole school get organized on recycling. And, <laughs> you know, we need some way to get containers out there because if people see, here's a container for bottles, they'll use it, won't they? Right, exactly. And a better way to have it, we thought of just bringing a trash bag with you. So, you know, when the kids and your family are there, you just yes. put in the, you put your, you have your trash bag and you put your cans and whatever you're eating or little wrappers or what you have for your sandwiches and things like that when you bring there, if they don't, if they, you know, some, sometimes they're not always around the uh, cans and uh, the, you know, the recycled things and things. So you want to have right. a better way. So you always tell people, um, and I've, I've actually seen people with the bags and seeing people throwing their things and they, and they just take it with them. And when they see them, when they see a, a can or a recycled thing, they just put it in there and where they can, you know, have fun where by still cleaning up and be a contributor to the green saving of, of the of the beach. Well that gives me a great idea. Maybe people should bring an extra bag so if they see someone's trash, instead of taking their trash, they could hand them a bag and say, Here, put it in here <laughs> Exactly. And it's it's very easy and that's just the easy way to do it. I mean, you can find the easiest way and do it and that and that's contributing to saving the beach or whatever you're trying to save. So here's the problem with Indian River Lagoon is that we've got this great ordinance in, and I had planned to come back at this time of year to talk to the other county commissioners because there are five or six counties that drain into, you know, the waters from the lawns wash into Indian River Lagoon from five or six counties. And um, so I'm all set up for these meetings, and lo and behold, just the end of last week, uh, the... uh, State House in Florida put forward a bill once again to strip the counties of the ability to practice their own stewardship uh, to to regulate the spread of fertilizer. And you know, in in Martin County, they set it up so you couldn't, you shouldn't fertilize, you should not. It's against the law to fertilize from May first, no, from June first to September thirtieth, 
And that was the appropriate kind of period. If you use slow-release nitrogen, then it'll last longer on your lawn. So when you do fertilize, you want to use at least 50%. You could spend a little extra for 100% and have more of it go on the lawn. And you're able to stretch, have a green lawn from uh, June 1st to September 30th without fertilizing it. Uh, and yet, for other counties, it may be a different length of time. They, they may be more sensitive to nutri- uh, nitrogen coming in, so they'd want to maybe extend the ban, or they might want to for, had, need to shorten it. So it's really important that each county be able to practice its own stewardship, its own responsible management of lawn turfs and other environmental um, practices. Um, yeah, so it's just really important. So the, the state house wants the, the house up in the uh, state capitol is putting forward this bill, uh, HB 241, which is calling for uh, taking that away. So we are urging people to call their, if you're not in Florida, find someone who is in Florida, and have the Floridians call their uh, state representatives, their House representatives, to uh, not um, support the bill that takes away counties' right to fertilize. And we'll set up a web page uh, when I get back uh, at OceanRiver.org where people can read about the problem and they can sign on to a letter. If it goes, if it comes out of committee, then um, it will go to the floor, and at that point we'll have to um, also start writing to the governor who can stop this foolishness as well. So uh, thank you, uh, Mario, for giving me a chance to talk about uh, what's, what's happening right here in the lagoon. And it's just fabulous for me to be able to be down here on these beautiful shores of Florida. Uh, I left Boston the day after a snowstorm, and, you know, I planned this a year ago because we were here a year ago. And, of course, my friends are all saying, yeah, right, you have to go to work the day after a snowstorm to Florida, you know, the Treasure Coast and stuff. But um, work has its benefits. (laughs) Definitely, yeah. In Florida we have have our chill nights and our – Really hot, hot, but I mean the cold. The coldest it got here was sixty degrees, and people up north are like, "What? That's like a that's a hot day for us." So um, we we do have our great weather here in Florida, and I, I we really we really are blessed here. Um, and with the uh, helping with the uh, WPF news live news broadcast, and um, can you tell me where those kids and students were from? Um, they're just local. They're local kids, and so they they come together as a team. One of them is my cousin's son, who had to be pulled out because they had this uh, rally at like one thirty in the afternoon or two o'clock, and so it was kind of a hu- hustle to get students clear of all their responsibilities to come down and, and join us. But they're they're local students from the community who got it together, and they drew up signs and pictures to hold up. And so one of them handed me an excellent one about you know a sad face and all these. <laughs> um, dying animals and stuff in the water column, and uh, right. so I was able to hold that up, and the news media loved that because I could say, "This is what's going to happen if we go." <laughs> I don't get hung up on you know science numbers and stuff because it's not the numbers, it's, it's not the science numbers, it's the right. science narrative. If we don't do more to protect our environment, it's going to suffer, and it's not seeing that the numbers of change in the nitrogen level in the ocean waters. It's simply the practice of if it ain't good for the ecosystem, don't pour it in. Don't put it in. Exactly. Um, if you don't want to eat it first, don't put it in there. And it's amazing how we have to get really back to basics like that. And so it's 
so important that young people like you who know this intuitively remind us and speak up and tell us this stuff. So um, we've only got a couple minutes left, and I, I want to plug your show, the Mario Jr. Alive and Green show. And um, do you have plans for uh, upcoming episodes, or uh, do you have a good one you want to tell people about? Well, we have a new show coming out with my cousin, uh, my uh, Trayvon Lee, and he is ta- me and him are talking about the twelve, the deadly dozen fruits and vegetables to not to eat organically, and some materials and products you probably should be buying organically, but uh, but aren't, and some the clean fifteen your body will love um, that um, you will love to be buying and eating. For your uh, for a healthy body, and um, like I was saying in the beginning, how you always want to have a physical health as well as the earth health as well. So, mm-hmm. so tell us more. Twelve deadly what? The twelve deadly dozen. We have it's about um, these fruits and vegetables. How these uh, fruits and vegetables are more chemically based on uh, for the pesticides and things like that, and how farmers over pesticide them because they're easier to eat or the bugs get on them more often and but they're not healthy for us when we eat them especially if you love this fruit or vegetable like how I say I I love uh, potatoes or, or, or something like that if you eat those every day or just love them or eat broccoli or something like that just for the fun of it just eating broccoli you love that you don't want that to be in your body just all the time with all those chemicals without washing it off first and giving it a proper um, you know, with the rinse off and things, because some people just like to eat something raw. And I've seen my dad do it all the time with, and he because he loves onions and garlic and different seasonings yes. when he's cooking. So um, I tell him to wash it off first, not just get it out out the bag and things like that. And he's like, oh, oh, oh yeah, I forgot. Okay, thank you, son, and things like that. And um, and we I like eating a raw food. apple. You know, just like biting into an apple. And <laughs> right. Exactly. Need to remember to to wash it off. My wife's good about telling me, but if she's not around, <laughs> so that could be a deadly one of the deadly foods if you don't clean it. So the moral is, uh, make it undeadly, right? Exactly. Um, and with the and uh, people love blueberries and how they eat those is right out. And those are the most one of the chemical uh, based products because uh, they're so small and bugs like to get inside of them and eat them. So farmers tend to over-pesticide yes. them with chemicals and things. And since they're so small with a little skin on it, the chemicals will get inside the grape, and you can't even wash those off. And sometimes you have to wash them off even more just because they're so small in grapes and things like that. Because they're so small, they over-pesticide them. And yes. Because the, the bugs will like to get on them when they're eating and stuff like that. So <laughs> definitely. So you definitely want to wash those off, and you'll... Uh, and guys on my show, the Mario Jr. Live and Green show, um, I hope you guys like that show. So, <laughs> Thank you, Mario. Thank you so much for coming on our show. It was my pleasure. I hope we do it again sometime. Oh, we'll be in contact, and people can tune in to hear us again. For this episode of Moyer's Environmental Dialogues, environmental, uh, Ocean River Shields of Achilles, thank you all for listening. Thanks again for joining us this week on Moyer's Environmental Dialogues. Please tune in for more with Dr. Rob Moyer next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Green Living Channel. We'll talk again then. Rob